Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Let me run this by my lawyer is a really helpful phrase to have in your back pocket. Legal Shield has been giving legal peace of mind for over 50 years. They connect you to a vetted law firm in your state for an affordable monthly fee. Want an experienced set of eyes on a contract? fine print or you finally want to get that will done legal shield has a dedicated group of lawyers who have your back no matter what the future brings sign up today at legalshield.com forward slash iheart pplsi does not provide legal representation or advice see a plan for complete terms you know our trusted partner tirerack.com for their fast free shipping free road hazard protection convenient installation options, and their great selection of best tires, like the highly consumer-rated Goodyear Assurance Weather Ready. But did you know they sell other automotive products? Wheels, brakes, suspension, just to name a few. Go to TireRack.com slash Colin. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. Hi, let's talk about Pro Plan Sport. Pro Plan Sport is advanced nutrition made to fuel strength and stamina in active dogs like yours. So wherever your next journey together takes you, start it off right with the high-performance fuel your dog needs to keep pushing you every step of the way. Pro Plan Sport. Learn more at ProPlansport.com. The Volume. Colin Coward Podcast presented by FanDuel Sportsbook. No better place to bet the action than on FanDuel Sportsbook during the football season. There's a lot of reasons. It's America's number one sportsbook. Incredibly easy to use. Super safe. Totally secure. Super fast payouts in as quick as two hours. You're not going to get that anywhere. Also, same game parlay bets. Live betting. It's the best. Hey, if you're new, just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. I did it in 15 seconds. Get started now. Sign up. Please use the promo code Colin so they know we sent you. Please use the promo code Colin, C-O-L-I-N. FanDuel Sportsbook app. Sign up. Here we go, our post game, and joining me is Jason Timpf, host of Hoops Tonight, uh, one of the great grinders here at The Volume. Don't forget, subscribe to The Volume YouTube channel. It's either left or right. Go down there. And as you're sipping a Modelo, I should have a Sam Adams, Jason, <laughs> because the Celtics won. <laughs> uh, so uh, as I'm prone to do, let me pat myself on the back here. Um, I said early in this series, you as my witness, I said, believe it or not, I think Robert Williams is the key to the series. He's not the best player. He's not a top three, four player. But he had the biggest plus minus when you put him in the game between the ejections, the offensive rebounds, the, the, the rejections, and the offensive rebounds. And he shuts down any interior scoring. So Boston had better paint scoring, more blocks, uh, 13 or 14 offensive rebounds. And generally, if you look at a series, you think it's Tatum or Brown um, or Curry, and they're better players. I think the size, I think Robert Williams. I think he's a complete, utter disruptor to the interior scoring to the Warriors, and he reduces them to a three-ball shooting team, and as good as they are, 
If Boston scoring in transition, down low, and on jump shots, and you're and you can only score offensively deep, as good as Clay was, I think if Robert Williams gives you 26 minutes or up, rest of the series, I think Boston's the better team. Your thoughts? Most most importantly, Rob Williams just played a much better game than he had been playing yeah. earlier in the series as well. He looked a lot more immobile is the wrong word, but just he looked banged up in the first couple of games a little bit. Uh, yeah. He was doing some silly stuff too, where he was roaming too much off of Kevon Looney and getting kind of lost and, and giving up uh, stuff on the back end. I thought he just played a really sharp game on both ends of the floor. He was much more uh, he, he was much more focused and intentional about where he was supposed to be on the defensive end. And then on the offensive end, you know, big guys typically muck up spacing, but there are two ways that you can counter that. One is what's called vertical spacing. So if you're a great jumper around the rim that can catch lobs, that helps. Um, but the big one is offensive rebounding. And he got a bunch of huge offensive rebounds, uh, just crashing the glass relentlessly with his size and athleticism. As a team, Boston, you know, Colin, we talked about this after game two. We both said, you know, Golden State won the physicality battle in the second half. But we thought as long as it stayed that style of game throughout the series, it would actually favor Boston because they're just simply the bigger and stronger team, not just on the perimeter, but under the basket as well. And this was just a textbook game where that physicality swung back towards Boston. And here's the thing. I didn't think this game was nearly as close as the scoreboard showed. Yeah, I mean, Curry was great. They're a tremendous team out of the locker room. We just have that's been established. And so I almost feel like if it had been a two point game at half, Warriors can win, but it was 12. And so to me, you, Boston almost has to bake this in, Jason. Like, guys, we got to, we got to be up a little bit. We got to get some momentum because if that puppy is close, you're going to be down and you just don't want to be down 10, 8 to 10 to 12 on the Warriors. So listen, they are the best third quarter team in the NBA. Um, I think in most of the games in this series, I felt like Boston's the better early team. What I haven't seen from Boston, you know, that Miami series in Milwaukee, I felt there were times they were really tight. I don't think Jason Tatum's tight. I think Jalen Brown's outplaying him. I don't think they're tight in this series. I don't. Uh, I th again, I don't think Tatum, you know, I mean, they throw Wiggins at him. They throw Draymond. They throw people at him. This is what the Warriors do. Um, I don't, I don't think Jason Tatum's having a great series, but I honestly felt against Miami. He disappeared. I think he's active. I just think the Warriors make, they made it difficult on Luka. So, boy, if you're a Celtic fan, there are some very obvious things. Another one, when Marcus Smart's hitting his jump shot, Boston does not lose in these playoffs. <laughs> I mean, they just don't. I mean, I think they're like six or six and oh, aren't they in the playoffs? Yeah, I, I was I was talking to your friend Chad Millman from the Action Network on on the uh, yeah. on the favorites yesterday, and I was telling them like my sneaky pick for Finals MVP as a great bet was Jalen Brown because coming into tonight he was plus seven fifty to win Finals MVP. Yeah. Can you believe that with how well he played in Game One and with how poorly Jason Tatum has played for the most part? And Tatum had a bunch of really nice driving layups in that fourth quarter. He was absolutely barbecuing Steph Curry uh, on isolations against, uh, against switches there in the fourth quarter. So he did help close this game. But for the most part, through three games, he hasn't been great. And it's been Jalen Brown that has stepped up. C Colin, check this out. This is, gonna, this is wild. If I removed a 37-second stretch in the first half, 
where Golden State won on an 8-0 run because of a couple of catastrophic uh, Boston mistakes in one single possession where Steph, uh, a Steph four-point play uh, followed by a flagrant right. foul and a clay three. So a seven-point single possession in an 8-0 run in 37 seconds for Golden State, or this would have been a 31-point ball game. This was an incredibly dominant performance from Boston that moxie and savvy and and veteran presence allowed Golden State to make it seem closer than it actually was. But I mean, this is one of those, look, through two games, the game looked just a little bit easier for Boston. And we talked about yeah. that. And they got back to their home court. The The whistle kind of favored them again. They got a boost from the energy of their home crowd and they rode their wave to their most dominant performance in this final series. I It doesn't change my outlook on the series a ton because I saw so much bad Boston tonight that I have a feeling that they'll put themselves behind the eight ball at some point here in the future. But they're <laughs> sitting where I thought they would be at this point. Yeah, I mean... There's there's a couple things we just have to own. Warriors are going to win the third quarter, and Boston's going to have bad six minute stretches, even in wins. Uh, they're they're not. This is not a beautiful offensive team, and when they're playing a disruptive defense like Golden State, they just got bake it in. We just they're just going to have these moments. But, and I I had said this probably two or three weeks ago on on Fox on FS1. I said. Um, they're so good defensively when they have these horrible six minute, seven minute stretches, the Celtics do, you know, they trail by eight. Um, you know, Miami's got a little bit of that, that Miami, you know, Miami, I don't think's nearly as good as Boston because Tyler Hero is such a uh, limited player um, defensively. But uh, Boston has the ability, they know they can get ugly but they just play so hard. They protect the rim and okay, you're down seven. Um, you know, so much of this sport and the Warriors dynasty is about these great runs. And I think a lot of what Boston does well is just limit your runs mostly. Um, but to your point, Boston has ugly basketball. Like they do stuff and you're like, Oh, this is just not, but you know, I, if you look at the history of the NBA, I've been watching it since the early 70s. There's been a handful of great teams, the Showtime Lakers, Warriors, MJ's Bulls. A lot of our champions, Jason, have been really flawed teams. Um, they've had overachievers. They've had one star. And I kind, of, I kind of feel like that's what Boston is. They feel like good enough to win a championship. Um, they're going to need health. Robert Williams have to be healthy. I think they're going to need another big game from Marcus Smart. Um, you know, I had Warriors in six. I don't feel as good about it. The Celtics are minus three and a half in game four. I probably take the Warriors plus the points, but I don't know if the Warriors win. I, I, I feel like with Robert Williams looking much more dynamic tonight, I, I think that's just, that is a dilemma. I don't think it's a solvable issue for the Warriors. Since the Brooklyn series, they haven't had many consecutive good performances. I'd say probably game six and game seven against Milwaukee was their best example of that. But they they pretty consistently, after having a great performance, go back in the next game and lose sight of the things that went well for them and have issues. You, you pointed out that, that Boston is a flawed team, and I 100% agree. And generally speaking, though, the flawed teams that end up succeeding have overwhelming advantages in other areas of the game. So, for instance, the 2020 Lakers were a bad half-court offense team. 
They were bad in the regular season. They were bad th- throughout the the bubble stretch before they got into the playoffs. But they just had these two incredible mismatches in LeBron and AD, and they were a dominant defensive team. And they rode that wave to the championship. And guess what? No one ever really cared that their half court offense wasn't great. This Boston team, yeah. like their physical advantages on the perimeter, like we talked about in Game Two, have caused Golden State to make an adjustment that has really hurt them around the rim. They had to because their guards are too small. They had to pull Draymond Green out to guard Jalen Brown. In the bench lineup in the second quarter, they had to have Draymond Green guard Jason Tatum when Andrew Wiggins was out. So like they're in this predicament where they had to take their best backline defender, their best rim protector, because Looney's an okay rim protector, but he's not in the same stratosphere as Draymond Green. But because they had to pull him out to the perimeter to guard these guys, he's not there helping on the backline either. So it's like a physical mismatch forced the Golden State Warriors to play a defensive style of basketball that they have never played, really. When it, when can you think, like, they never put Draymond Green on LeBron as a primary defender. You know, like, that's that, that's because they just had the luxury of having these bigger, stronger wings like Andre Iguodala, right, and, and Harrison Barnes. But because of the fact that Otto Porter Jr. is just a touch too skinny and isn't laterally quick enough to stay in front of people, and because Gary Payton II is just a touch too small, and because all of the other wings they have, like Moses Moody and Jonathan Kaminga, are too young to throw into the fire in this situation, they're kind of stuck in this predicament where they just simply don't have the physical matchups necessary to contain these big Boston forwards. And and again, Colin, Boston did not play overly well tonight. And, and that's no. that's the wild part there. I don't know what to expect in game four. This Boston team has been the most unpredictable team that I've watched in this playoff run. But I, I wouldn't be the least bit surprised if they came out and dominated them again in game four. So I take notes. You know, I have sc- scratches all over paper and so i go quarter by quarter and just this is what's really good news this is would be disturbing if i'm a warriors fan here's who i mention in the fourth i have four notes marcus smart banks in a three 98 89 grant williams dot 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 13 offensive rebounds for the celtics robert williams now four rejections Marcus Smart hitting shots, 22. I don't mention Tatum. I don't mention Brown. I'm talking about role players. Like That would be like akin to me saying for the Warriors, Jordan Poole in the fourth quarter. Uh, uh, Kayvon Looney gets big shot. <laughs> no, you need Steph. So Boston in the fourth quarter, Grant Williams, Robert Williams, Marcus Smart. I don't have Tatum down. Now, I have Tatum all over the third, but I, what it tells you is Boston's role players um, or non-stars, I guess Marcus Smart kind of is, they're crucial, whereas I think the, some of those players for the Warriors are liabilities. That feels like a thing to me right now. Absolutely. And like I, I to, to even take it a step further, Colin, like there's gonna be a game in this series where Marcus Smart isn't turning the ball over all over the place. Like as much as he shot well at the end, he was like he made some very, very, very painful mistakes throwing the basketball all over the court that led to run out dunks and layups for the Warriors. Uh, Jalen Brown, who was dominant at the beginning of the game, wasn't super aggressive down the stretch. Jason Tatum, who was great down the stretch, wasn't great for the first three quarters. There's a version of this Boston attack where all of these guys play well 
And if that happens in Golden State, like let's say it's in a game five when the series is 3-1 or it's 2-2, like there's a version of this Boston team that can hit a ceiling that they haven't hit yet uh, in this series. And most importantly, I thought Boston had some adjustments uh, that were in their back pocket that they hadn't gone to yet. This was something that we also talked about on the favorites. You know, generally speaking, when you're looking at a playoff series, you want to look at what what is available as an option, right? Like when you're looking at the Warriors and you're looking at their shortage of bigger wings, you're like, okay, our our next best option is Moses Moody, like a a a, a, a young kid to throw in this environment. Uh, that's not a great option. But Boston just has this long list of options that they could go to, and they have so much defensive versatility. Colin, check this out. One, th- one thing they were getting killed by in the first couple of games is the Steph Draymond high pick and roll and because they were unable to guard it. Well, guess what they did? They put Jason Tatum on Draymond Green and they put Al Horford on Andrew Wiggins. How many teams can put their center on your wing and their wing on your center? And what they did is they just started switching that high pick and roll. And you, did, I don't know if you saw the stat, uh, uh, Colin, but Draymond Green is like top 10 all time in assists in the finals. Did you see that? Yeah, and yeah, and a yeah, huge yeah. and a, a huge reason why that's the case is because teams double Steph on those pick and rolls, and then Draymond Green is such a good passer coming out of that. Kevon Looney is not, and so they were unable to run their high pick and roll because Jason Tatum was on Draymond. It's just a simple little adjustment that caused them a, a, a bunch of problems. There's just more cards in Boston's deck that they can play as this series plays out. Than Golden State has. Golden State's chance to win is basically hoping that Boston will vomit all over themselves and they will yeah. execute smartly like the veteran team as things progress, which by the way, might happen. <laughs> but that, right. that's their so- hope. The NBA Finals are here, and so is your chance to score big on FanDuel Sportsbook. Throughout the Finals, FanDuel's giving new customers $200 in free bets. 200 bucks, free bets, guaranteed when you place your first $5 bet. Bet the money line, point spreads, player props. Just sign up. The promo code is always Colin. That's me, C-O-L-I-N. If you haven't tried FanDuel, now's the perfect time. Give it a shot. The only thing sweeter than watching the finals is cashing in on the action. Join today, promo code Colin. Turn a $5 bet into $200 in free bets, win or lose. Make every game feel like Game 7 with FanDuel Sportsbook. FanDuel, official partner of the NBA. 21 plus and present in Arizona, Colorado, Connecticut, Indiana, and Louisiana. Permitted parishes only. Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Tennessee, Virginia, or West Virginia. First online real money wager only. Refund issued as non-withdrawable site credit that expires in 14 days. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem? 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text Next Step to 533-42-ARIZONA, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat. Connecticut, 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Indiana, Jersey, and Virginia, 1-877-770-STOP in Louisiana, 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan, 1-877-HOP E-N-Y or text H-O-P-E-N-Y 467-369 in New York, Tennessee. Redline 1-800-889-9789 Tennessee. Visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net in West Virginia. I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so 
there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to, to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast to start listening. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. Yeah, I, I, I said this, uh, and I've said this a couple times on the air on FS1, that if you really look at this year, I liked Phoenix in the West because I felt like all their players were in their prime is that many of the young players I really like, Moody, Kaminga, um, J- Jordan Poole, the young players, they're not quite in their prime. And Clay and Stefan Draymond have moved out of their prime, whereas the Celtics' best four players are all in their prime. And most championship teams, football, basketball, baseball, have, you know, like the, the Rams, Stafford, end of his prime, uh, Jalen Ramsey in his prime, um, Cooper Cup in his prime, Stafford, Still feels like he's got, you know, quarterbacks now. Their prime goes forever. But Aaron Donald's out of his prime, but still great. Um, Bobby Wagner's out of his prime. But you start looking at a lot of their players. Cam Akers now moving into his prime. Boston's best players are in their prime. Even some of their role players, their role guys, they kind of feel like they, they're they close to a prime. The Warriors guys are all a little young. I mean, I think if I think a year from now, 
I think Jonathan Kuminga will play a lot next season because I think Kerr's going to come out of this series and like like we need a twitchy wing guy. And if I, I still contend if Wiggins lets them down in this finals, they're going to look at that and think, okay, he's a lot of money. Um, I, I don't know what they're going to do with Wiggins. I, 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 he's been really disappointing at times and then very valuable. But I kind of feel like where Boston, all their, their heart is all athletically, this is, these are their best years. I feel the Warriors are dancing a little too old and a little too young. And I think next year they get to the finals and Kaminga can give you 18 minutes. And maybe Moody can give you 15 to 16 minutes. They're just, those guys aren't here yet. They're just not there yet. And to your point, I just think there's some matchups here that aren't going away. They're just, I, what I'm really interested now in the series, Boston, you know, this, 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 let's say they win the next game. They could get really tight. This team, this, this, I've, I've seen it now multiple times. I have not seen it in this series, but that's what I'm kind of looking for, the vomit all over yourself. <laughs> because if you got tied against Miami, if you got tied against Milwaukee, you're going to get tied against the Warriors. You know it and I know it. That, that game's going to be six points. The closeout game, it's in Boston. <laughs> you know, it's like a four-point lead, six-point lead, three and a half to go, and everybody just get all those young guys are just, so I, 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 that's the next thing I'm fascinated with is if Boston wins again, wow. It's what, what, what Golden State, even if Golden State's down in the series, I think if you're up 3-1 in the series, it feels so definitive. You could vomit twice and, you know what I mean? But if it's, if it's 3-2 Boston at one point, I'm not so sure Golden State's just going to just, I think that's a really tough spot for the Celtics. This is a, definitely a series where it's not over till it's over. <laughs> Let's be 100% clear with that. If, if you yeah. didn't learn that from Game 7 against Miami, I don't know what to tell you. Uh, Colin, I thought you hit on something that is so vitally important here. Uh, there's been a civil war within uh, Warrior, the Warriors fan base over the last couple of years about uh, straddling two eras. And you know what's funny is one of the things that I've learned in, in my life is you don't take a victory lap until you have the victory. And not that Golden State has lost the series or anything, but I thought it was strange. And I took a little mental note when Joe Lacob in his press conference before the finals took a little bit of a victory lap about how he thinks he was smart to patiently, rather than cash in his assets, kind of wait things out with that group to see if they had enough. Because here's the thing, Colin, I would argue Golden State's one guy short in this series against this Boston yeah. team. And I'm a huge believer that it is incredibly difficult to win an NBA championship. And I'm a huge believer in pushing your chips into the middle because it's better to get one than to flounder in mediocrity or get close a bunch of times and not actually get the deal done. Here's the thing. You've got assets that are sitting on the bench in this NBA finals. Jonathan Kaminga, Moses Moody, you know, uh, 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 James Wiseman. Those guys are not helping you here. Will they help you in the future? Maybe, but here's the thing. Clay Thompson got a bunch of, uh, made a bunch of tough shots tonight. And then in the fourth quarter, he kept getting the same tough shots and he wasn't making them right. He's on the downside. Steph Curry, obviously still amazing, but he's getting older and he's a small guard. Draymond Green, same thing. He's had a lot of issues with his body. He had a back issue this year. That's a textbook old guy thing, right? So you've got this, these guys that are aging and you've got these young guys that are simply not good enough or ready to play in this series. And there is a version of this story 
or you cashed in two or three of those guys, and maybe an Andrew Wiggins, who knows, but you cash in two or three of those guys, maybe even with Clay as a salary filler, and you get back a real horse, like a real piece for this series that you can actually use, and that might be the difference between you losing to Boston in six and you beating Boston in six. And that's why yeah. I thought it was really bizarre when Joe Lickup took that victory lap, because I wanted to be like, dude, you don't have the trophy yet. And your fans were not worried about whether or not you could beat the Dallas Mavericks with Luka Doncic. They were worried about whether or not you could beat the top teams in the league. And right now you're playing one of the top teams in the league and it looks like you don't have enough talent. And so I, I just kind of disagreed with that approach. It's the straddling of two eras and it looks like you've got some stars that are aging and some young guys that aren't ready and a missed opportunity there in the middle. Okay, I like... I would take the Warriors and the points. FanDuel had it at uh, three and a half. I'd probably take Golden State and the points, but I don't know if they win. I think it's a. I think, I think it's going to be closer because I think the Warriors will play with a certain level of desperation, uh, and I. I think it's certainly possible Boston. I mean, Tatum's not had a good series. You know, let's let's be totally clear. Marcus Smart doesn't give you back to back great offensive games very much. <laughs> okay, so I think he pulls back. Um, I think Draymond plays a little better. I think it's a really, really competitive game. Slight edge, Boston. What say you? I'm with you. I, 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 as in terms of a betting opportunity, I would take Golden State because you're getting points or you're getting odds in the money line situation. Because I do view this game as a coin flip. This to me is the game yeah. that will determine the outcome of the series. I think if Boston wins, the series is over. If Golden State wins and they go back 2-2 with two of the last three games at home, I think Golden State wins. So this game on Friday is shaping up to be absolutely massive, but Golden State knows that. And so they're going to come out sharp. Boston routinely in this playoff run has let their foot off the gas after a big win. So I, I view it as a coin flip type of game. So as a better, I'd probably be on Golden State. But in terms of a coin flip type of game, when I think Boston has a little bit better two-way talent, you know, my, my head tells me I'm giving a slight edge to Boston there. By the way, I just saw this. Steph Curry's status for games game four is uncertain. Not great. That loose ball, he got injured. He got yeah, banged someone up. landed on it. So, I saw that. Yeah. I, you know, when it was happening, I kept thinking, oh, no, dude, 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 get out of there. The, the game's over. Get out of there. Those scrums, that's when you bend your elbow backwards. That's when you get, that's when you get an, like your knee caught in those scrums. I'm like, Steph, that's a big guy battle. Get out of there. Listen, um, if the Warriors lose, I do think they'll tweak their roster. I absolutely do. Um, they're not going to get rid of. Clay, because Clay, it was good enough tonight, good enough late against the Mavericks. They're going to bring him back. They're bringing back Steph. Um, you know, Draymond is such a the bouncer at the nightclub for them. Um, Looney's one of their only big guys. But I think Wiggins, I think your earlier point, Boston feels like they're a guy shy in this series. Kerr historically does not like to play young guys in the postseason. They, I really, I don't know he, if he would be a difference maker. But God, could they use Jonathan Kaminga? And if you are not a Warrior fan, he's 6'7", 220, wildly athletic. And they just need another wing guy because Draymond now has forced to go out to the wing. They get smaller. Uh, they're very vulnerable. Grant Williams, Robert Williams, uh, the Warriors are really vulnerable on the interior. Um, and I, I'm not saying it would be a difference in this series, but I think your point earlier is Golden State feels an athlete shy. Kaminga's the athlete, but he's a kid. I mean, God, I think what is he? Nineteen? He's like a 
you know, Kerr doesn't wait. Steve's been in this league too long. He knows what 19-year-olds do in the postseason. I mean, even Jordan Poole in game one looked completely nervous, was totally ineffective. So, listen, let's not count out anybody. But the word is, is Curry is his, they don't know what his health is. That would be a disaster. It would be series over. Oh, it's, it's absolutely over at that point. Yeah. All right, Jason Temp. Um, he covers the Lakers for us, but he has been such a versatile guy for the volume. By the way, subscribe, please, to the volume YouTube page. Um, he hosts Ho Hoops Tonight. He's got podcasts. He played basketball. His best game ever was 31 points. I follow him on Twitter. Uh, and he didn't even shoot well in pregames on his 31-point college basketball best night of his career, as I saw. By the way, that's a great point because it never means anything how you shoot in warm-ups. It means absolutely nothing. And it always has well, same I, in I golf. Saw that you can tear the range up and be terrible on the course. It's so it was so interesting. Someone's like, "Oh man, I've never seen Steph shoot this poorly in warmups," and I'm like, mm, "That doesn't matter. <laughs> like it, it, it's one thousand percent about how you feel when that game when that game gets going. There's right. just it's such a it's such an interesting it's it, it the, especially jump shooting. It's 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 such a it's such a mind f. Like well, it's just so difficult. Yeah, to I mean, get in Clay the right spot. Clay tonight, he was in the right spot. No, he was terrible early. Then he got in the right spot. Then he missed. Then he got into the right spot. You know, when you're an interior player, it's easy to regain. You know, LeBron's done that in his career. When he loses confidence in the jump shot, he just attacks the rim. Three or four times, he gets his confidence back. But early in his career, he would lose his confidence on his jumper a lot. And he would just be like, all right, Kevin Love or Bosch, get out of the way. You know, get out of the way. Go to the perimeter. I, got, I need four or five baskets at the hoop. And then you regain your confidence. But those jump shooters with Robert Williams – where do you get your confidence back if you're Clay? You're not getting to the basket. You've got to get it on the perimeter. So I thought Clay was a great example tonight. Bad early, bad misses, found his groove, lost it, found his groove. With Robert Williams, it's the only way you're going to do it. You're not going to be able to drive the lane, get some close shots. I mean, God, how about Robert Williams block on Curry? I sent that thing. Oh, man. <laughs> Different level. Those are getting everyone's like head, too. Those are the blocks that make people start getting second thoughts as they navigate their way into the lane. Colin, I've heard you say this on your show before, but like one of the big reasons why golfers get yips is it's it's a type it's the type of thing where making mistakes is so common that it's hard to derive confidence. And and th and that's the thing with jump shooting that's so weird. Like Steph Curry's best season, he might make a little fewer than half of his threes, right? That means he's missing more than half of them. So how do you maintain your confidence as a jump shooter, knowing that as you're rising into a three, it's actually most likely that you will miss it. And, and that's why like the audacity becomes such an important factor there. And we were talking about this with Tatum a, a while back, but you need to have supreme confidence if you're the type of basketball player that relies on your jump shot, because you will, even if you do everything right, you might miss two or three of them in a row. And, and, and that's it's just the nature of the game. And that's also why I've always been such a huge believer in LeBron. And and again, I, I'm not a LeBron goat guy. I think he's behind MJ. Winning six titles in eight tries is a level of dominance that LeBron hasn't even sniffed. Um, that said, he's by far the most reliable playoff player of this era. When you go into a LeBron playoff game, you just know he's going to play well. 
And a huge part of that is because if he doesn't shoot well, he's eight for 22 with 27, 11, and nine. And if he shoots well, it's 37, 11, and nine. <laughs> and either of them are great games. It's just a question of whether or not you're going to get the great game or the supernova game because the jump shot is I, just gravy with him. It's the same thing with Giannis. Yeah, I saw a stat the other day that LeBron led the NBA, and I, I'm not something around here. He led the NBA in field goal percentage on two-point shots, and I think there was a minimum number of attempts or something. And he was over, it was like 55%. He's still such a great get-a-bucket guy. He's just unbelievable. Okay, Jason Timp, Hoops Tonight, the volume. Please subscribe. Uh, we're out of here for tonight. I'm back on tomorrow. Uh, iHeartRadio, FS1, 9 in the morning, without the Modelo. Just one. That's it. One Modelo. <laughs> I'm not going crazy here. I need clarity. i got to be able to see this stuff. And Jason, you're awesome. We'll talk soon. See you next time. volume i'm hannah storm and my new podcast nba dna with hannah storm chronicles my six decades in professional basketball from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports tv's first female broadcasters join me as i dig deep into the game's history unearth some wild stories and talk to my friends from the world of basketball from dr j to charles barkley it's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny. The warmth of Fredo and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take DC. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin, And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.